Hello, everyone. I would like to welcome you all to a second season of Innovations in Sustainable Finance. As I look back on the last half year, ever since I've started this, I must say it's been a hugely rewarding activity. I would like to thank everyone out there for listening to the show, for providing feedback, and of course, my esteemed guests for being on the show and participating in it. I was very surprised when I checked the statistics of this podcast. To this day, there were roughly 40,000 downloads in lots of different locations. The majority, 40% of the listeners, are based in Switzerland, another 10% in Germany. And after that, it's the US, the UK, France, and lots of places around the world, India, Kenya, even a listener from Oman, listeners from Ukraine. I am absolutely astounded by, by the reach that, that this has had. I'm curious to learn what, what people all over the world are gaining from and are interested in in this podcast. So at this point, I just wanted to reach out to anyone of you listeners. Please feel free to, to write to me, tell me what you think of the show, tell me whom I should invite, what I should address. I'm really, really curious for your feedback. And most and foremostly, many thanks for your support and, and your attention. I'm really glad to have it. For the coming season, I have already a lineup of very exciting speakers and guests. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to dive into a range of, as announced, interesting, novel, sometimes even dangerous ideas around sustainable finance. We'll explore them all and discuss them here right in the podcast. With that, I'm happy to announce the next guest, episode one of season two, and that is Aurel Schmidt. Innovations in Sustainable Finance, a University of St. Gallen podcast by Julian Kölbel. Welcome to another episode of Innovations in Sustainable Finance. I am Julian Kölbel, Assistant Professor at the University of St. Gallen and the host of this podcast. And today on the show, I have as a guest Aurel Schmid, the founder of Solarify, a very interesting company in Switzerland. Aurel, welcome to the show. Hi, Julian. Thank you very much for having me here. Pleasure to be here and uh, looking forward to a great discussion today. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm so glad to have you here because a few things come together. We have at the University of St. Gallen a very nice group of students around the Managing Climate Solutions Certificate. And in a collaboration, they have launched a project to have a solar panel installation on the rooftop of our university's gym. Uh, so there's lots of space for solar panels. And they did this in collaboration with Solarify. Is that right? Yes, exactly. The, the university, they approached us to crowdfinance this project. And we thought it was a good idea because many people are interested and, you know, we want to produce solar power. So that's, that's great. Exactly. Crowd, crowdfinance is the, is the key word here. And um, so this is, uh, this is an episode that's very current. So as of now, there's still the opportunity to become part of this project as an investor. There are panels at 980 Swiss francs apiece, I think, available online. And I'm actually just making up my mind whether I should uh, be part of that as well. 
And it's very nice because on the homepage, it says you can get in touch with, with Aurel. I mean, that's, you know, pretty pretty great access to have the founder of that company uh, on the phone to advise you on, on that investment and what it all entails. So um, that's a little bit the background why I invited Aurel and I want to sort of dig into you with you into the specifications of that project. You know, how should I think about that as an investment and, and what does it do in the bigger picture? So sure. um, let's let's start with you, Aurel. So tell us a little bit, who are you? Um, and, you know, what does Solarify do in a nutshell? Well, yes, I am the founder. So who, who am I? I? Basically, maybe I start a little bit earlier in the beginning. I, I was doing a, um, a master program in Lund and at the University of Lund. And uh -huh. as part as part of the my master thesis, I was looking into a very similar concept. And so that was basically the start. But after finishing the master program, I came back to Switzerland and I thought, well, nobody wants to offer me a solar panel. And that's why I I needed to found um, Solarify, really. That was the initial idea, to make solar panels available for small-scale investors or buyers, as we tell them. Nice. So you just realized there's a gap in the market and you went for it. When was that? When did you start? Um, I started in 2016, in the beginning of 2016. Uh, that was uh, after coming back to London. I was looking for jobs. And then I found, yes, we really, this is not present in the market. And I would like to buy one. And nobody was would offer me solar panels to buy for like not much money. And so I, I thought somebody has to do it. And I founded the company for that reason, really to implement that, that idea that um, people that are not like large-scale investors for several hundred Swiss francs could invest or buy solar panels and then earn the revenue from the sale of uh, electricity. Really cool. Um, so so let's, let us talk a little bit about this particular project that, that is uh, on offer right now. So this is solar panels on top of the University of St. Gallen gym. Can you walk us through the specifications of that project a little bit? So... How large is it and what are the opportunities for investors such as me, for example? Yes. So uh, we we are using the roofs of that building. Uh, we uh, There's space for uh, 521 solar panels. They will be producing about 200,000 kilowatt hours per year. Just to give you an example, that's about uh, the amount of electricity that 200 people use in Switzerland per year. So we will be supplying electricity for 200 people. Mo like about half of it will be consumed in the facility uh, at real time. And the, the surplus we export to the residential area close by to this building. Super. So that's that's actually quite, I mean, there's quite a few people, 200 people. And uh, with, so is that the total energy produced over an average year? Or is that more sort of the potential it could produce if the sun would shine all the time? No, that's average, right? We 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 estimate the production over thirty years, and and uh, in the beginning it's a little bit higher. So, but like uh, in a general rule, you could say that we we are producing electricity for two hundred people on average in a year. Of course, in winter we we'll, we will be producing a little bit less. In summer there will be more, but that's just the average um, that we can produce. Okay, fantastic. So, okay, that that is the size, 
And uh, just out of curiosity, 521 panels. So how much area on the roof do I have to have if I want to install something like that? Yeah, so one panel is about, uh, yeah, more or less. It's Let's say it's about 1,000 uh, square meters. That, 1, that we'll be using. Meters. The roof is okay. a bit bigger than that, but we also need need to set aside some space for um, you know, for maintenance. Uh, from we have to have a distance to the edges of the building, things like that. But it's let's say uh, simplified. It's about one thousand square meters. Okay, and um, yeah, so so I've heard of that a, a while ago already, and I've I've been thinking about it. I looked at the homepage and I have to correct myself. It's actually, it says here 965 uh, Swiss francs per panel. Yes. And there are 211 are still available. So I'd like you to help me make up my mind. So so how should I think about this offer? In, in sort of, you know, in two ways. First, as an investment, simply. And second, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, an impact investment, let me say, in, including the, the positive impacts that, that it might have. Yes. So in terms of investment, so you will be investing 965 Swiss francs. And maybe the question is, how much will you make back? And we estimate that you will make back about 1,373 Swiss francs. That is a, a, a medium scenario. So we also do scenarios. We have a worst case and a best case scenario. But let's assume that you make back uh, 1,370 Swiss francs. So that is um, that translates to a rentability of about 2.3% per year, which could be a lot if you compare to a bank account, or maybe not so much if you compare to uh, I don't know stock market investment. That is maybe also involves more risk, but nevertheless, mm -hmm. you could potentially make more money. But you also have other benefits. Uh, you, for instance, you have a real impact in on on sustainable energy. Um, I think we can really, but, yeah. Please. So, so let let's stay uh, for a second on on the financial. So, so you said two point three percent, and and over what time frame is is that over any time frame? Do I have to hold this panel and until the end, or or how does that how does that look like? Yes. Yeah, so the duration of the contract. By default, is thirty years, uh -huh. but you you can sell it at any time. Let's say at any quarter of every year, you can sell your solar panel, and then we will pay you back the remainder value of that. Okay, so you are very flexible. And what is also important to understand that the revenues could be higher if electricity electricity tariffs increase, as they have in the past year. Or uh, also less, uh, to be honest, because if let's say if it's a very, very rainy year, then it could you could make could make less money than that. So we don't guarantee uh, an income. You as an investor or as a buyer, you participate in in the revenue, the net revenue that uh, your solar panel can really earn. Okay. Yeah. So so um, yeah, this is. Not bad, I think two point three percent, and and I assume there are annual. These are annual payments that are made back. Uh, they, these are quarterly payments. Are quarterly payments okay? Yeah, exactly. So we will we will send you um, a, a document that indicates how much electricity we have produced. Uh, actually, you have produced as a, as the buyer. Uh, mm -hmm. How much uh, is the maintenance? How much is the management fee? And the remainder we will. We will pay uh, four times a year to you direct to your bank account. 
So in a sense, I I, I become the owner of, of that panel. It's like a you know a small financial asset, and you do the whole um, operation and and management and servicing of it. You you make sure that the electricity is 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 sold. Uh, and, and then I, I suppose you take, um, you know, a share of the revenue to finance your company and, and the rest comes back to me. Exactly. Right? I think that's a very important feature of our model. You, you, you're becoming the owner and you becoming the, the producer of energy also. You know, you, you will be an energy producer if you buy a solar panel. And... Uh, so this has uh, some implications. That, as I just said, you also participate in the risk, but also in potential additional revenue. That gives you also the right to sell it, mm-hmm. right? But it's not like it's not like a share or something. Uh, it's not like a fin- it's, it, You could tell, of course, it's an investment, but you buy actually a product. It's like you buy a, a computer or something, and it it, it belongs to you. Okay, but but I I mean I cannot come and sort of uh, take this cruise off and take it home, right? I mean there's there's some limits to that, but it's basically there is one physical panel that is contractually belongs to me. Exactly. Yeah, of, uh, theoretically you could, but in practice it doesn't work <laughs> easily. But you know it doesn't make sense, let's say. But but we will yeah. give you back the money if you decide not to, if you don't want it any longer. Yeah. No, I think uh, th- I mean for me that's that's. Um, you know, it's an important point. Uh, I don't have to commit for 30 years. Uh, basically, I can, as a private investor, I can get exposure to that risk profile of a Swiss solar panel, um, you know, and it's not quite easy, I think, to compare this to other investments that I could make. But um, I just looked yes. at the, the, uh, the, the current interest rate on, on, on mortgages. So I think it's around 1.7 at the moment. So it's at least more than that. Um, uh, you know, and then I think the other risk that I would want to be thinking about is, is the, um, longevity of your company, right? Is, is that perhaps, uh, you know, some kind of counterparty risk I should be aware of? Yeah, that's always a risk. We are partners. So, um, it's always, uh, unpleasant if your partner goes out of business. I think it is a little bit mitigated by the fact that we don't own the solar panels. So let's uh, let's assume that we disappear. Then you still uh-huh. own the, the solar panels. The investors, they still own the, the installation. They only, let's say, only um, find a new uh, manager of their solar panels. Or maybe uh, the, the roof owner could also decide to buy back their solar panels just to make it easier to, to have this transition. But in theory, you could find another service provider who could basically maintain the installation and sell the electricity and also pay, continue paying you your earnings. So we are just really the middleman. That I think that that reduces the risk of us being uh, bankrupt in the first place because we also mm-hmm. we have no obligation to pay a certain percentage of or a certain revenue, really. And in case it would happen, it would also reduce your risk of like your assets disappear. They, they won't disappear basically because they are not in our yeah. company balance sheet. Yeah, so I, that's very interesting. I mean, that that um, that is uh, definitely a risk mitigating feature, I would say. Uh, as as you say, I will own a solar panel, and then you know, ideally, I'm not stuck with the the whole operating uh, troubles, but uh, I have a claim. So I like that. 
what else is something I so you you mentioned that there's a different scenario, sort of uh, more uh, pessimistic and optimistic scenarios. What are sort of the key drivers of of those um, different scenarios? Yes, so uh, obviously we have price. Uh, how what is the price that we can uh, sell the solar electricity for? And this is also not guaranteed. We we just uh, we make assumptions. We also are transparent about our assumptions. On our web shop, you can find a document that details all these assumptions that we that we do. And uh, apart from that, there is maintenance cost maybe. So this they can they can also fluctuate. Mm-hmm. And can I yeah. just on the um, it's it's great that on the homepage I I can look into that. But basically, what makes the price for this sort of the this, the sale of electricity? How does the price get established for that? Can you explain that to me? Yes. So we have two income streams. Uh, first is the um, the tariff that we get from the university for the electricity that they that they consume inside the building and this uh, tariff is guaranteed in this case so this is good in a way because there is that's not a risk factor so 50 percent of of the electricity produced can be sold for a guaranteed price to the university mm-hmm. that's not usually the case in our project so we here we have a project that has less risk for that part of the production then for okay. the other 50 percent we sell to the grid uh, this could be the St. Gallen Stadtwerke, how <laughs> like the utility of St. Gallen. Yeah. And, or it could be another um, customer that we find because our, our task really is to, to sell the electricity as, as good as possible. So if it, it could happen that we find somebody else who pays more for, le- for the electricity um, that we inject in, into their grid. And so we would uh, sell electricity there. And this price is not guaranteed, really. So this is something that also is fluctuating. There's many different drivers of that. There is like spot market. There's also, but also political decisions that will mm-hmm. determine that price. Right. And but you are, um, there is the potential to get a markup for this particular type of electricity because it is solar power. Is that correct? Yes. Just to give you an example of last year, last year, I mean, is a huge uh, geopolitical driver of the, the war in Ukraine. But at some point we had prices of 40 wraps per, per kilowatt hour. And so many installations, they really made a lot of money. And so, so just, now for it's international, to, just for yeah. our international listeners, uh, one rappen is a sort of a hundredth of a Swiss franc. Uh, just, just to make that clear. And you said 40 wraps, and I also don't know how to say this in English, for, for, 40 wraps per kilowatt hour. And that is a lot, you're saying? So Because I have no feeling for these prices. Is, is that a high price? Yeah, it's a very high price. Uh, like usually... I mean, what, what is usually, but it, it's all fluctuating, right? So, but we calculate on average with 11 reps for a kilowatt hour. So okay. it, it, just to give you, you know, now you can feel if you, it's almost four times as good yeah. as we cal- as we calculated. But currently in, in summer, it's now, I think about seven to eight to nine reps or something like that. So it, as I say, it's, it's really fluctuating a lot. And we, we try to, to find to guess an average price for the next 30 years, which is a difficult task, really. 
Yes, I understand. So that, I mean, that is part of the risk you buy into as an investor. I, I understand that. But then also here, you know, just thinking this through, you as a company, you obviously have, well, I, I, I think you do have an incentive to, to sell the electricity as best you can. Uh, because the benefit of that is ultimately shared between me as an investor and you. Is that correct? Yes, that's true. And not only that, but also we have very high incentive that your solar panel will be producing electricity all the time, that it, it's mm -hmm. where it's well maintained. We, we basically give you a function guarantee because we also have our share, in this case, 10% of the revenues of that solar panel. 10% for you, 90% for me. Exactly. And and that is after after the, the costs of operation, I presume. Yes, let's say, um, yeah, we have this different, we have two different income streams, one from the building and one from the grid that we sell the electricity to. And from there, we reduce the maintenance fee. So we, we, uh, we set money uh, aside for current or future operations let's say we we ensure we have an insurance for your panel for for instance mm -hmm. and we also uh, have some reserve to uh, replace an inverter where when when it is at some point it will break down we will have some repairs so we set what, aside what's money. an inverter inverter is um yeah it's an equipment that um converts um dc power that comes from the solar panel to AC power, alternative current power that is being used in the building or in the grid. Oh, it's just a device that makes the solar panel energy compatible with, with the grid. Exactly. Yeah, you, you have to convert this electricity and this is a, uh, a device that will eventually break down because it will, yeah, it's by, by technical design, it will not live as long as the solar panel, really. Yeah. I see. But the solar panels themselves, they, they tend to live for a, for a 30 years. That's the time frame that you estimate they will be operational. Yes, I think they may live even longer because these are uh, bifacial uh, solar panels that have uh, glass on each side. So they are more robust than uh, conventional solar panels. And they we, we think they're like, not we, but the manufacturer, and this has been also confirmed in some testing that they will live, they will live like maybe 40 years even. So they have, they will probably have, uh, they're still on the roof, even, even though the contract has ended. Okay. So, so there's potentially even, even more production after uh, the, you say the contract has ended. So. I think I read that after the contract ends, the solar panels uh, are transferred in ownership to the uh, roof owner. Is that correct? Yeah, that's the easiest way to def like define the process, what happens after the duration of the contract. Because we don't want to have like a reunion with you and some hundred other solar panel owners and uh, decide what to do next. But so we define it the contract and it's also an additional an advantage of the, the roof owner. So yes, yes, in terms of impact, your your investment will have impact even after the contract duration. Let, yeah, we, we could say that. Yeah, that is the great thing or the tricky thing about impact, right? That this can be outside of the contract and accrue to other people, other parties than are specified in the in the contract. So 
let's use that as as a point to transition. Thank thank you for all the details around the uh, the finances and and the risks of that investment. Let's think about my impact. So if I'm going to do that, you know, very simply, if I invest here, am I making a difference? Yes, the short answer is yes, in my, in my opinion. And uh, let's look a little bit at the longer answer. Um, the impact, I think, is already given because you're producing solar, solar electricity and you are the producer, right? That's, uh, that's what we defined before. So as the producer, um, you have the impact because every kilowatt hour of solar power will displace some other kilowatt hours in, in the European grid because consumption and production always have to align. If you produce more solar power, some other energy source will produce less. And there you have your impact. The other energy source will not be solar power because solar power is very cheap to produce once it's built. The operational costs are very cheap or very low. And so you'll, your solar panel will, will be replacing electricity made from coal, from natural gas or from nuclear power. Okay, I think uh, another angle. So, so I'm I'm not an expert on on, on electricity market. So I'll, I'll I'll take I'll take your word for that. We we can maybe uh, do a little deep dive into uh, intermittency and 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 load shifting in a minute. But something more fundamentally, I'm I'm here in the role of an investor. So the question is a little bit: this solar panel installation, would it? happen without my participation just the same or or you know would it otherwise be built later or or not at all i think that is that is one of the questions that i would like to answer yes so you're referring to additionality right or is yes exactly i mean sort of i mean i i understand i will own a panel but if i think about it more broadly sort of what would be my other options to invest roughly a thousand swiss francs uh, right, I I would want to know. Well, is it you know in in that case making something happen that otherwise wouldn't have? Uh, so so to to allow me to make that sort of comparison. So what would you say to that? Yes. So uh, yeah, let's just look at this particular project and and then we can see it as it's not let's say it's not a really financial project for commercial investors because the costs are relatively high. Uh, that's true. I mean, it also reflects in the price. It's, this price is higher than, than most of our projects. And this is due to the, um, to the feature of the roof, that it's a green roof. So we have to elevate the solar installation uh, above, the, above the green uh, roof. And so it, it actually it made it more expensive. So like a normal commercial investor would not consider investing in this kind of project nor actually did the canton, the, the owner of the building. They also, they didn't have an interest in investing. It doesn't fit their like spending priorities maybe, or, you know, there's many different factors uh, uh, involved in that decision. But the bottom line is nobody would have invested or financed this uh, project on that particular building. So you could really, uh, I think it's fair to say that your solar panel is really an added uh, solar power production capacity that, that we add into the grid that would not wouldn't exist otherwise. Okay, 
yeah so and and of course i'm uh, i'm faculty at university of st gallen so in addition to having the well having the conviction that i am part of the community that makes this happen uh, I, you know, it's also nice, even you say it's a little bit more expensive, I could maybe invest in another solar panel on some, uh, I don't know, roof of a barn that I have no relationship with. But it, it is, of course, that, you know, that's has some added value to myself to to be invested in one of the solar panels on our roof, let me say. Um, so so that in combination makes me makes me quite positive about your project. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. You're welcome. And just maybe, if, if I may add, that the cost of the project doesn't translate in a lower uh, profitability, really. Because usually, if the, the higher cost is also, um, will be compensated in this case by, let's say, we have a, a, a good uh, self-consumption, meaning that a big portion of the, of the electricity can be consumed inside the building. So maybe another project is a solar panel is cheaper, but you also make less money. So it it is, it's not necessarily um, a less interesting project from a financial point of view. It's just more the initial cost is a little bit higher. I see. So I will have to. Um, I'll, I'll have to think. So I think I'm pretty committed to to buy one panel. I'll, I'll have to think how good of an investment opportunity that is to maybe justify more than that. I, I haven't quite made up my mind uh, on that front, but I'll, I'll definitely go for one. Um, yes, let's a little bit on this question of of, of solar panel and uh, sorry, sorry, solar power and, and what it displaces. So is solar energy kind of the, the right thing for, Swi like if we move to a bigger picture, is solar energy the right thing for Switzerland? I mean, St. Gallen is known to be very foggy in winter. Uh, is is this in a in a way? I'm asking, you know, is this the the best technology to produce, you know, carbon free or low carbon electricity in in Switzerland? Yeah. So that's yeah. Let's move there. So um, I th don't think there's any perfect energy source that hasn't any negative impacts whatsoever. And also, solar has some negative impacts. I mean, we are not. We, we like solar a lot, but we are also, we, we, we try to have a, an objective view on things. So it's not perfect. But if I consider alternatives, I don't see real alternatives that can then, then match, that match solar. So to start, it's the only domestic form of energy production that still has a relevant potential and that is socially accepted, right? We have hydro energy. Mm -hmm. It's almost used 100%. So there's maybe some small projects, but it's not a relevant potential that is still available. We would have wind, but it's not accepted. So there's uh, like planning times there, uh, they, they go forever, uh, decades rather than years. So this is also not contributing significantly to producing electricity uh, in the near future. And then all the other alternatives they use fuel that has to be sourced from, from abroad. So we have an independence from foreign providers, which, as we found out yeah, last year, can have certain risk also involved and certain costs. And overall, they are more expensive and also maybe not available in the required timeframes to really provide solutions for, you know, we need to produce electricity now. We will have to uh, replace nuclear power station at some point also. If you like it, if you like them or not, so I don't see any any alternative really in Switzerland. Yeah, 
just on the on the last point, the need to replace nuclear if we like it or not. What's your view there? Um, I well, the, what's my view? I think uh, that they are uh, expensive. So I, I see I see uh, prices uh, paid for in, in in the UK, in France, in Finland. And I see that they are probably as double as expensive than solar in Switzerland at the moment, and probably three times as expensive than solar in, on a bigger scale in Spain. So from a purely economic perspective, they are just not competitive with solar, and, uh, and solar is decreasing in price every year, and nuclear was increasing in price uh, every year. So actually this... This differential will just will just increase in the future, and so we don't even have to talk so much about other techno, about risk, about um, about storage of waste, things like that. They add, in my view, to the to the inconvenience of nuclear. But even f from a purely economic point of view, I don't think it's a good. And actually, nobody wants to invest in it, right? Um, mm. I mean. Everybody says, clear. If, if we ever going to uh, build a new nuclear plant, it will have to be invested by tax money, basically, or guaranteed by tax money somehow, just as yeah. is the case in the UK. So this is, in my point of view, it, this is not uh, a good argument for nuclear. At least what we can say is that it's going to be very hard to do a crowdfunded nuclear power station. Is that <laughs> fair to say? Yeah, <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah that's, uh, I, would, I would also agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Just one thing, uh, because people are bugging me about this sometimes. The the issue of intermittency, right? That uh, that solar mm -hmm. power, of course, is is available when the sun shines, and much less so when when it doesn't. And that doesn't always meet the peaks in electricity demand. Is that something that you somehow need to calculate into the cost of solar power at a at a you know more systemic level? The the need for storage then or some sort of load management yes i th i mean that's a valid point obviously the sun doesn't always shine and that's that's uh, true I, I would say actually the solar production profile is quite a good match to a consumption profile of us uh, as a whole if you think about it uh, we have a lot of solar during the day mm -hmm. and we also have a lot of economic and other activities activities during the day. So this is a good match. What we don't have, uh, what is not perfect, of course, is production in, in the evening and also in wintertime. So we have to look at this at these problems. And as of now, we, we don't need solution just now because we only have about 5% of solar power in the Swiss grid. So, um, but we will have, we will have to develop these solutions in the future. But there are, uh, I don't see why we wouldn't find out technical solutions to these problems as well. I mean, storage is also all over the place. It's, it's, uh, it's developing very, very quickly. We will have a huge capacity of battery capacity in electric cars that could be used, you know, to just to bridge the gap from sunset to sunrise easily, really, from capacity point of view. And then, of course, we have to address the season storage but that is also, we, we see the solutions, they are just not economic yet because the incentives are not there yet. So we, we really have to work on, on, the, on the incentives, on, on system design. And I have no doubt that human talent and, you know, and will, will provide solutions. 
and also investors will 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 support that because you can make money on an intelligent storage solution in the future. That's no that's no question. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for putting that into perspective for us. I'm, I'm still just, you know, I, I really enjoy having you uh, as someone who knows a lot about this area, uh, basically advise me on how I should navigate this um, as a potential impact investor. And you don't have to believe me, right? I'm also not an expert in system design, but, you know, I mean, there's a lot of studies coming up. That, that clearly demonstrate that we can have a 100% renewable energy system. It's technically feasible and it will also be cheaper than a business as usual scenario where we also have a lot of costs that are imposed on us mm -hmm. by technical factors, by retirement of nuclear power plants, by, you know, we have a lot of replacement investment anyway. And business as usual will also trigger a lot of costs and uh, environmental costs, social costs that we don't have if you go to a renewable energy system. So I, I really, I think the facts, they, they tell us that we can do it and it will be cheaper. Right. How would you say, you know, you've, you've been doing Solarify for a while now, I think uh, something like seven years, if I counted correctly. What would you say, how would Switzerland look like without Solarify? Yeah, well, to be honest, not much different, really, because we are small, still a small company, obviously. But yes, so we would have uh, six gigawatt hours less of clean Swiss-made energy, and we would have 14 million Swiss francs that would continue to not earn any significant money on the bank account. And they would also not contribute to the energy transition. So these are small sums, but... Still, it's a small um, contribution, I think. And we have. No, can you just. I, th I don't think these are necessarily small sums. So, so you said uh, just the, the how many millions and how many gigawatt? It's about six gigawatt hours per year that we are going to produce about approximately this year and it will be maybe 10 next year. We're growing quickly. And yeah. so all our customers, which is a, are about uh, 1,600 people, they have given us 14 million Swiss francs to be invested in, like in additional solar powered projects in Switzerland. So six gigawatt hours, 14 million Swiss francs, and you're on a growth trajectory. So I, I actually find that I find that very impressive. Um, can you give us a sense of what what is a gigawatt hour? Yes, so um, uh, gigawatt hours is about the um, amount that about 6,000 people consume yearly in Switzerland. 6,000. So 36,000 people, their consumption is, is kind of what, you've, yeah, what you're producing currently, right, every year. Uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. This was um, like the six gigawatt hours equals about the, production, the consumption of 6,000 people. Ah, uh, all the six. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So I, I multiplied already. Okay. So yeah, exactly. Okay. So let's think of uh, you know a small village or you know medium-sized village with six thousand people. Okay. Yes. And it's growing. So um, if if we think about scaling this, you know, what are currently the bottlenecks to scale this, you know, uh, as fast as possible? What what are sort of the limiting factors that you see at the moment? Yeah. So that's a real balancing issue. So. Uh, we all we, we really never had enough roof that we could rent in the past. And now we are actually 
more or less in a balance. So we have now more projects. You see several of them on the internet uh, on our web in our web shop. And what we don't have enough at the moment are maybe solar planners and installers. There's, cap mm -hmm. there's there's still a lack of capacity. I mean, the market was growing fifty percent per year. That's that's a growth rate that is really disturbing for any industry, I think. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And and so so did we the solar industry. They really had problems to probably plan and execute all these projects that were coming up um, in Switzerland. So also we have increasing waiting times for grid connection uh, requests. And so this is an issue that mm -hmm. is also bothering us a little bit. That uh, projects would be ready, but we cannot have uh, answers uh, if we could if we can connect them to the grid. And but then of course right. uh, small yeah, and and that is more a regulatory issue or, or is that also a, a human resources problem that just the lack of people. I think this, it's the, it's the second really. I mean uh, we we do have regulatory issues, no no question. But in this case, uh, it's people are there, they they're working, but there's just too many requests at the moment. Okay, so so that at the moment that that seems like I'm just like to emphasize that you know impact often lies where the where the problems are at the moment at least in this scaling yes. on this scaling front. So so more uh, more people with the necessary skills to actually do the physical installation and the planning and grid connection that that is sort of where the bottleneck is at the moment. Yeah, and then for our company, of course, we, as I said, it, it has to be in balance with outreach, with marketing. We have to, people have to, have to know us and we have now a certain network, but we are growing so fast now on the roof side that we also have to do more activities to, yeah, to, to, to reach people so they can find us and, and if they if they like our, our products, our solar plants, they, they can buy them. Would you say this is only for for rich people? I was thinking, you know, it, why not plug this into sort of a pretty standard wealth management or or, or a pension plan where you say, you know, one panel you you could easily have that as sort of a, a small pocket, you know, to to add to to the other investments that you have. You just need to get into the network of some distributor. Is that is that an option, or do you prefer to do it online through your own platform? Yeah, the thing is, uh, the way we do it, this is not a, a financial service. Uh, it's not a regulated, and mm -hmm. so that's very important because we, I mean, it's impossible for us to be a bank and to be regulated by by Finmar, by the the authorities. So I think. We are very careful to to market also this as a, the buying for product and not like we we are not like investor we we don't counsel people on on investment decisions it we're just offering a product on the internet so I think I think this will will be that that will stay the same but of course I mean people can can think of that as an investment and also uh, we have we have clients that they they invest. Uh, they buy some panels uh, in every project that we that we offer them, right? And so in this mm -hmm. way, they also uh, manage to have a risk distribution all over Switzerland in in many different regions with different uh, radiation, solar radiation, or different tariff structures. So it gives them also a kind of a, a risk distribution that is possible for our model. They just have to do it themselves. 
Uh, you, you don't offer basically a diversified panel investment where, where I give you a certain amount of money once and then you distribute that across different roofs. I, I have to do that myself. Yes, because that, exactly that um, service would bring us to the, the like financial regulation requirements and we, we cannot do that. I see. Very interesting. But what you do sell and you call it a product, I mean, it, it has very much the characteristics of an investment. And I certainly do think about it like that. Yes. And that's all. That's also correct. I mean, but you know, investment is not a very strictly de defined term. And it's an investment. It's a, it's, um, that, that's correct. It's just not like investment in a term of uh, financial regulation. That is fascinating. And you know, I am, financial regulation is extremely important in, in many ways, but I think it's also fair to say that a lot of investments that have really quite a convincing impact potential are out of reach for small scale investors for regulatory reasons. Exactly. So, so that is uh, an innovative solution you found just to sell this, not as an investment, even though you can use it as one. That is very interesting. Yes. And I think, as you say, it's, um, it's a thousand Swiss francs. Some, some projects are also cheaper, like maybe seven, 700 Swiss francs. That is doable for many people, but not for all. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, we, re we recognize that it would be possible to, to split them even in smaller pieces of a solar panel, maybe. So that's legally possible. We just didn't develop that at the moment because as I just mentioned, we had usually uh, a waiting list of buyers or investors or uh, not enough roof. So that wasn't, we had, we didn't have to do it, but it would be possible to, to split them even, to split that even further. But then I, I think the civil seven, eight hundred Swiss francs, that's something that is a big enough market <laughs> for, for us to, to develop uh, for a very long time. Yeah. What about similar business models in other countries and, and regions? So Solarify, I think you are in Switzerland, the only player I know who does this sort of, you know, rooftop solar service. I have heard of, I think, First Solar in the US and Ecoligo doing similar things internationally. So are there any plans to expand beyond Switzerland in your case, or do you feel you have enough to do uh, within Switzerland? Um, there's no plans, but uh, maybe it's, uh, of course, always possible and certainly interesting. I mean, uh, projects are much larger and differently structured, so they could, could also add, um, there's also an economic interest, I think, also for, for, for buyers. Uh, but no, no plans. We are really uh, very busy in Switzerland. I mean, the, we are still small, so we can grow 50% for a couple of years still, you know. And then mm -hmm. potentially all still go um, abroad or maybe doing that in parallel. So these are ideas maybe, but not no plans. Um, I looked at this landscape when I, f when I founded uh, Solarify, that was, as you said, seven years ago. And uh, so I'm not very up to date about who else is there um, everywhere. What I found was that mostly they work with loans as a legal um, like legal instrument to to implement mm -hmm. a, um, a platform maybe and this could work but i i found at the moment it wouldn't work for us because the loan the the, the risk 
that is that goes if a loan is much higher because uh, in in the case of a default of the of the platform, the loan usually will be lost, which is yes. not the case with in our case as as I just explained right that the solar panel will still you will still still be the owner of that solar panel. Or maybe there are funds like solar funds that are also that are available, but they are not always available for this amount of money that we at the mm-hmm. the entry at the price of of entry for that product is is much higher usually. So it's it uh, yeah we'll we'll have to reassess the international landscape, but but I certainly would agree that you find a very yeah a very elegant crowd financing solution and um of course for the record this is not investment advice but i've made up my mind i'm i'm going to uh buy one of your panels and look forward to it and of course i'm an affiliate of the university of st gallen so i'm I, i'll proudly display that as soon as it happens um thank you very much aurel for giving me all the details uh, i think you've really opened up the book for us and uh, and told us uh, everything we need to know I like to conclude this podcast always with uh, giving people the opportunity to sort of state a wish, what they would wish will happen in in their um, space that they overlook. So, so looking over the next couple of years, what what would be your wish that you would like to see in in your space? Yes, thank you very much. First, thank you very much for having me here. It was really a pleasure, also for your questions, and of course, uh, very delighted that you decide to buy the solar panel with us. So we have, we will stay in touch for sure. And so, yeah, the wish, oh, that's a hard one. Um, maybe, maybe let's say I would in one sense, get the incentives, right. I think we want to develop a, a market oriented business model. And it's quite difficult because there's so many incentives that are that are um, involved in energy production in some way. And I think if it just could have like uh, get the incentives right, so the market would solve many pro- problems. Really, we don't, you know, we right now we're depending a lot of subsidies to make it work. But if you remove all the subsidies, I think solar would be very competitive. So that would be much more efficient for the economy, for the society as a whole, to have an energy system structured um, in this way. And I think this is maybe one one wish, you know, it's very difficult to implement. Uh, there's so many interests involved, but if we get the incentives right, then we will be able to, to find ef- um, efficient solutions, uh, will be affordable. I think it will be also, we have a more resilient system in the future. So it's so decentralized, so it will contribute to that. And I think this will be uh, overall um, a big improvement over the current system. Thank you. I think that is a great and fundamental wish, getting incentives right. So very much subscribe to that. And I'll, you know, I hope I can make a contribution. I'm certain you will keep pushing in this direction. And um, thank you so much for being here. And I wish you all the best with Solarify and beyond. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Innovations in Sustainable Finance. A University of St. Gallen podcast by Julian Kölbel.